But it's like Nicholas when he punched Arian. I don't know. I hope that's true. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> but I hope it. I, I want it to be true so much. St. Nicholas, Christmas is coming up. But yeah, let's let's do this because I think this, this is going to piggyback a little bit off of. Yes, we, we, we murdered a million Jewish babies and we tortured and humiliated and degraded five million others in order to produce Israel. I, I as a Jew, would say, I think I'm going to opt for another group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that was not, Ivan's that is comment. not the God that I understand. Yeah, that's Ivan's comment in the Brothers Karamazov too when he takes on Alyosha. You know, he said you, the the his point in some sense. He talks about this girl who's frozen to death by her parents as she's screaming in an outhouse, which is a story that Dostoevsky took from the news. It's actually happened. So she screamed all night, froze to death, and Ivan says. He can't believe in a God that would allow that to happen even once, no matter what the reason was. Well, that, that's not what I'm saying. I believe in a God who allows evil to happen. That's not what you were challenging. God created the evil to do the good of the creation of Israel. That I, right. I, I don't accept. No, no. That God allows evil is a given. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a consequence of, of free will. Yes, in some exactly. Sense. Yes. I think I thought about that a lot, too, because you could imagine a world... Imagine a world that's the best world possible. Is a world where you could choose evil but choose not to better than a world where you're a robot who has no choice? I mean, if you think about your own children, you want this vast expanse of possibility for them. And the vaster that expanse of possibility, the more real the possibility of evil choices is. But what they get out of that is the benefit of the actual choice. So they have a real destiny, right? They're wrestling with real things and they can choose not to engage in evil. So it could be not there. And so it could be that a world where evil is possible, but then not chosen, is better than a world of where course. evil doesn't exist at all. That's why I've always been <laughs> uh, suspicious of people saying about a dog, oh, such a good dog. Has he chosen his goodness? <laughs> <laughs> Arshi, I see you like nodding your head and like a great, so let her rip. Without the possibility to choose we cannot love yeah okay so that's a, a bottom line the reason why we have free will uh, is so that we can come to know god and to love him uh, if god created us out of love to to love us and you know to invite us into a loving relationship with him he has to give us the possibility to reject him uh, right, and him being the ultimate good, then by rejecting the good, in the in the Saint Thomas Aquinas would say that the the um, evil is the absence of good, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's not a creative force. It yeah. is not a creative force. You know, the, this yeah. is not a, a dualism. You know, there's yeah. not. It's not a, a battle between <laughs> good and evil yeah. in that sense. Uh, you know, we have uh, in the beginning, everything was good, right? Like uh, the, the Genesis says that, you know, God looked at everything and everything was very good, uh, including the tree of, uh, of science, right, of good and evil. Um, so, but if he is the ultimate good and we are, uh, we are called, we were created to participate in his divine life, uh, you know, through this loving relationship, then he has to give us the option to reject that invitation. Um, so, in, in that sense, uh, a, a world without the possibility of evil, in that sense, understanding evil as the absence of good, um, then it's, it's 
not a good world because there's no there's no possibility for love either, right? So, um, yeah. So you can't put a, a gun to uh, uh, your future bride and say, you're going to marry me, you're going to love me. You can't do that, right? No. We're not flesh robots, right? No, Otherwise, no, no. God, why but, God could have created us as robots if we, you know, didn't have the freedom to choose. That's actually a grounds for annulment. Yeah. Uh, so, which is which is interesting. So, uh, the don't process, let my wife hear that because then she knows. <laughs> the the process uh, uh, the process in the church for um, uh, the process of annulment or uh, the process of nullity, uh, the church does not uh, nullify a marriage. Mm-hmm. Like what it does, yeah, it yeah. it discerns and. Uh, and it pass it passes a, a judgment, so it decrees uh, whether a marriage, the point uh, at the point where there were when it was celebrated, right? Uh, if the marriage was nulled from the beginning, mm-hmm. right? So the church does not uh, nullify it, but it's more like it tries to it determines whether uh, the the marriage was uh, sacramental was, or not, yeah. right? Uh, and one of you know one of the grounds for annulment is that right, like to be forced into uh, uh, into a marriage. So if fear of death and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, so um, you cannot uh, you cannot freely give yourself if you're being forced to give yourself. Exactly. Um, so mm-hmm. uh, and that's what ultimate love is, right? Like uh, in um, Saint John Paul II, you know, talks uh, in his theology of the body, right? It's uh, it's the love is the ultimate uh, is the total gift of self, right? Uh, and that's what marriage uh, should be. So you need that choice. I mean, you you need to be able to choose between between God or not God. So uh, and this is one of the biggest misconceptions about the uh, about the first chapters of Genesis. So the choice wasn't between good and evil, and uh, it, we have to make this very very clear because if the choice was between good and evil, then that means that evil was already in the garden. Yeah. yeah. And uh, evil was a tree, and yeah. then God actually put something evil, exactly. and that would make him a bad God, and that's yeah. not true. So lesser good. So. Yeah. It's not. It's not even a less. Uh, oh, it's okay. not even a lesser good, uh, because then you're. Uh, here's here's uh, the choices between uh, uh, turning to God or turning away from God. It's saying yes mm-hmm. to God or no to God. Mm-hmm. Uh, so whenever they say no to God, then okay. Okay. you know yeah. uh, it's. Uh, so you have one. Like in in essence, you have one choice. It's God. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you know, uh, and then you choose to uh, to accept them or not. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. I yeah, guess yeah. I mean the choice is to the, the choice is what you're choosing is God. Yeah. But you're choosing okay. either to to accept His invitation or to reject it. Uh, that's why the consequence of sin is de- uh, of that's that's why the consequence of eating from the fruit uh, is death. Because yeah. okay. if you're saying no to God, then you're saying yes to death. Because God is life, right? God is is He's the sustainer of our existence. Uh, Jesus would it, it's gonna then eventually say that I am the the way, the truth, and the life. So if you say no to life, then you're saying yes to death. That's why yeah. okay. uh, death. Um, uh, in, in original sin, it's not a punishment from God, but a choice freely taken by Adam and Eve, okay? Uh, so it's uh, that rejection of God's love, it's, uh, it's a choice for death. And if, you, if, you, if we look at uh, the whole 
Bible, it's going to have this dynamic, right, between the, the choice between life and death. Yeah, that's right. And it's the that's choice right. between yeah. God and not God, right? Uh, so which is exactly what happened to is like full circle, right? Like going back to uh, to to the Hebrews and Egypt and everything is like they forget about God, so they 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 reject His plan, and then what did what did they find? Slavery and death, right? So um, it is not until we turn back to God that we find life again. So that choice, uh, it's it's not that it's not that a. Uh, uh, we don't want to be robots because that's the, it might it might seem like the choice is between a very boring uh, you know monotonous life of like I'll just do whatever it is that everybody tells me to do or whatever the the machine tells me to do uh, or or choice right yeah. it's like no the, the uh, ultimately the choice is to love God or to reject or to reject that invitation uh, again. Uh, speaking about higher truths, right? Higher objective truths. So, like that is the whole point. That is the whole point um, of uh, of free will. It's the choice to love. Yeah, so that's with right. the with the highest with the highest um, uh, object of our of our love being God, mm. uh, but then all the way down, right? Like uh, our spouses, our children, everything. It's like because. Uh, this that 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 idea of like you don't choose who you love is mm-hmm. like it's a it's a total lie. Uh, actually, you do choose mm-hmm. who you love, and you do have to choose to love your yeah. kids, and you do have to choose to love your spouse, and you have to choose to love your parents. That uh, this is why there are people that hate their parents. So this is why yeah. people that like you know that hate their kids. This is why there are people you know divorce and everything yeah. because a lot of like broken relationships. oh the love is gone. It's like no like, the I don't love feel the, like it. I don't it's like, feel like right, I don't yeah. feel anything anymore. It's like what essentially what you're what you're ultimately saying is like i choose not to love you anymore Uh, and that's something that we have to we have to uh, properly understand and especially us as catholics because uh, ultimately what we're called to do is love this is why saint augustine would say Mm -hmm. you know love and do love and do anything right Uh, but properly understanding love which is uh, you know this true love of, you know, total gift of self, of, uh, you know, sacrificial love, that, like the love of Christ on the cross. Uh, that's, that's, what, that's what free will is all about. It's not about, like, choosing to eat, you know, sweets or donuts or not because I'm trying to stay fit. Uh, th- those are, th- that's, that's yeah, totally, that's, yeah. uh, that, that would be a yeah. lesser good, right? Uh, but the, the whole point of free Got will, it. like God did not give yeah. us free will to choose whether to be, you know, uh, you know, to eat sweets or not, but to love, right? Yeah. Um, which it does have to do with eating, by the way, uh, because all these choices, I mean, we, we uh, speaking about the truths, uh, we tend, to, there, there are certain sins that we tend to accept mm. in the church, right? Yeah, yeah. One of those being the, the sin of gluttony, right? Yeah. Uh, we, we tend to think it's like, as long as I'm a nice guy, as long as I'm like faithful to my wife, as long as I do all this, then I can be a glutton. It's mm-hmm. like, well, guess what? Mm-hmm. That's a sin too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and your choice to do this, it's actually, uh, the catechism is going to say that every sin is a rejection of God and a, um, a, and a choice of ourselves, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so including the sin of gluttony. So even though it's a uh, it's a lesser sin, depending on how uh, how um, I guess how uh, how deep you are in mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. in that sin, um, you know the sin of gluttony can yeah. break your relationship mm-hmm. with God. 
So. Yeah, and it's not just with food too; it's other things too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, no, you're yeah. not you're you're not part of the body positivity movement. I can see that, and you just killed you just <laughs> killed all the romantic comedy movies. Like you you again, you just killed the whole dreams of romantic comedies. But you know what? Uh, ending this on this and go to the next clip. But I, I did want to say is like that that one part, emotionally, yes, but like intellectually. Or, or philosophically or theology like that never was a really strong point is like when people say like oh why is there evil and that never again emotionally yes but really not really a strong argument against god like I mean, even aquinas would say that something is good in so far as it's actual right and evil it has no it has no actuality in its own right so I, I never got that though about that's like oh that's one of the strongest arguments intellectually Nah, not really. People are terrified of beauty for the same reason. You know, I've watched people respond to art. I had a lot of paintings in my house at one point, and people would come in and say, well, why would you want to live in a museum? And I'd think, well, that's exactly where I want to live. Why would you not want to live? But it was too much. The paintings, a lot of them were paintings of warfare scenes, and like, it, they were beautiful, but in this, but they weren't nice they shake all the weakness off of you if you look at them long enough. And that's very frightening, especially if there's lots of weakness and there definitely is. So, so it's interesting, is it not, that in our culture where you might say there's been a systematic ideological process of desecration, that there's also been an aversion to beauty. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The that's not accidental. The philosopher Roger Scruton. Mm -hmm. um, Generica, right? Yeah. The spread of, uh, yeah, exactly, the spread of these cookie cutter suburbs everywhere that have this incredibly, they're yeah. efficient in some sense and they're convenient, but they're just hideous. And they have this very short term element. And yeah, and you see this contempt for that too. It's really f terrifying to see it in, in Europe because as a North American, especially a Canadian going to Europe has this element of pilgrimage to beauty intermingled with these mostly Victorian buildings, if I remember correctly, were these hideous catastrophes erected in the 1970s, this brutalist, modernist abortion, this, these giant middle fingers, you know, to the entire context. And to their credit, the people of Edinburgh are tearing them down. And yeah. My mentor, Peter Berger, has a notion, signals of transcendence. Mm -hmm. Some are positive, beauty, and I think that's very true because there is this attack. Like right now, someone could be like, this this plastic empty bottle is art. Like this is art now. It's like, no, we we destroyed beauty. And I think they're right. Like it's a strategic. It's not, it's not by accident. Um, and Bishop Barron, he has a lot to say about this. I want to read a few things from Bishop Barron. Bishop Barron says, the best evangeliz evangelization strategy is the one that moves from the beautiful to the good and, and finally to the true, especially within our cultural matrix so dominated by relativism. He goes on to say, the pattern is more or less as follows. First, the beauty. How wonderful. Then the good. I want to participate. And finally, the true. Now I understand. A young man w watches a skillfully played game of baseball and it awakens in him a profound desire to play as well as those whom he admires. And then the actual playing of the game teaches him from the inside the rules, the rhythms of baseball and completely the completely inadequate way of drawing a kid into the world of baseball would be to start with a clarification of the rules 
or with a set of drills. Rather, show him the beauty of baseball, and he will want to play. And having played, he will know. That was from Bishop Barron, and I loved what he said there. Yeah, you could you could also apply it to relationships, right? Like when I met my wife, uh, I mean, uh, I mean the, the reality and the the you know honesty what attracted me to her was that she was beautiful, right? So and then that uh, that compelled me to want to get to know her, right? Uh, but even even then, like as I as I approached her and I started you know b- building a relationship with her, uh, there was the, there was goodness that I saw in her that like kept me going, right? Until eventually, because just like uh, like the truth of God is like uh, just like God had to reveal Himself so that we could get to know Him. Uh, in the same way, if my wife had to reveal herself to me in order for me to get to actually like deeply know her, right? So like, uh, so in order for me to get to know the like the the truth of who she was, uh, like there was the, there there was these two other layers, right? Like the layer of beauty and then the layer of her goodness that actually made me want to know the truth of who she was. Um, so. And the same is, uh, you know, the, like what he says about evangelization. It, it's so true. Uh, but that needs to also, and then bear with me on this one again, right? Um, but what does that say about the messenger, right? Because uh, we tend to think of beauty as, you know, a work of art, Right. Uh, but ultimately, the the work of art that God has been working for the evangelization work in the world is us, right? Uh, this is why I tell this is why I tell people there are two reasons why people uh, why people why why people reject Christianity. Christians, number one, right? G.K. Chesterton, I think, said one of the biggest arguments against Christianity is Christians. Yeah, <laughs> the, the the two the the two reasons why they reject them is because they encounter the truth of Christ and they reject Christ him, yeah. himself, or they are presented by the by the truth of Christ in such a horrible way by Christians that they reject the truth of Christ because of the messenger. Uh, so. That's something that we have to, like, we really have to look look within us, right? Like, we have to realize that it's like, hey, like, we, in a way, have to be beautiful to people. And this is, uh, this is, our souls have to be beautiful, but then that, that soul has to be also reflected, manifested uh, in our physical, in our physical being, right? Like we're we're body and soul. We cannot do, we cannot divorce it to actually. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, actually, that's, that's not good. Now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> but but we we have split it, right? Like we we actually in practice we have actually done it. I mean, Manichaeism is kind of like this dualistic yes. body soul ah, mm-hmm. the body's nothing that's whatever it's the soul it's, it's inside yeah, it's like no. what no it it seems so crazy to me but yeah yeah beauty we got to be beautiful and like i mean i'll have no no problem i mean i have a podcast so you know pot people that do audio only podcasts are very beautiful so <laughs> that's, that's, that's no problem to me but you know that's crazy though because um 
it, it reminded what you were talking about a little earlier when you started off about uh, uh, St. John Paul II, kind of like love and responsibility, uh, love as sexual desires, love as attraction, love as, like mm-hmm. you get, right? There's, it, it points mm-hmm. you out of yourself, right? Like you see a beautiful woman, the right way, of course, you know, that, but mm-hmm. yeah, but yeah. it's, it's nothing's wrong with that. Yeah, it's, good attraction, right? Like pulls you out of yourself and then you get to know her and he goes through, what is it, the four or five stages to know if it's true love, right? Like, and then you get to the ultimate uh, uh, love is the, to will the good of the other as other, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah, that reminded me of that. Yeah, and uh, so something that, that uh, says Catholics, we have to continuously remind ourselves, you know, like everything we do, it's a reflection of what we believe mm-hmm. in. And, mm-hmm. and uh, I will repeat this because this is very, very important, okay? We act according to what we believe. Mm-hmm. We act according to what we believe. So if we have, a, I mean, just just think about it. Think about it this way: um, if I was preaching the good news of Christ, right, and you saw me like teaching, right, or you saw me doing like some kind of presentation or whatever, and uh, you knew that I was being unfaithful to my wife, would you listen to the message? That, uh, you're convicting okay. me right now, and I'm convicting okay. myself as well because I've 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 had people tell me, and it hurts. You know, it's like you're you're the reason why I don't like Christians. I remember getting in debates with people because they're like, "Oh, the uh, Islam was is was here before Christianity." I was like, "What?" It was like 600 years later, like seventh century. He's like, "No, no, arguing, debating, and then and then finally just oh yeah, you're right." And then later brought it up again, and all oh, the Bible's this, and I was like, "Well, the Bible," I, and I wasn't saying anything ugly or mean, but I guess I was saying it so as as a matter of fact, you know. And I guess again, it it could have been that he just didn't like Christian. I don't know, but I know he did say that. I have other people, um, you know, cut me off from, you know, acqu- I wouldn't say friends, acquaintances that are kind of friends, but not really because they're not here, and, and families like getting mad, so mad, even though I don't. I didn't cuss at them. I didn't say any hateful. I thought I did it the right way, but yet they're like, you know, oh, you're the reason why. And it, it convicts me because I fail so many times. Like I said, we're sinners. And I'm like, man, I want to be a good light, you know? And it's hard for me to be that warm, loving person. <laughs> like, it is so hard. I'm like, I, I need to be that. Like, I've heard people don't care about how much you know until they know about how much you care. You know, mm-hmm. maybe St. Francis said that. No. <laughs> but, yeah, so you're convicting me because I, I really feel like that. Like, we do. You're right. You We have to be the example. And it's so much pressure, so hard. Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, at the end of the day, is uh, we are a religion of witnesses, yeah. right? Uh, why did God choose it uh, like this? I have oh. no idea. But the, re- the reality is that he chose... 12 guys yeah. to go and make disciples of all nations, right? He didn't send them out to write, uh, you know, books or to, you know, make presentations to, like, whatever. <laughs> like he could, he, he could have just waited 2,000 years and, and then, like, you know, gone on uh, on YouTube, you know, Church Jesus. And then it's like, <laughs> that's not what he did. You know, ultimately what he did is, like, he worked on 12 guys, yeah. right? He made them holy. 
uh, he sent the Holy Spirit uh, uh, to them, empower them to go on mission. But then he, like everything that they preached, they had to be living according to the gospel that they were preaching. And the problem that we're having today in Christianity is that we're not living according to that gospel. We pick and choose. We we, we constantly complain about you know the cafeteria Catholics. It's like oh yeah no they pick. It's like uh, but but we tend to think of those as the uh, as being like the ones that pick and choose like the big things right it's like well i'm 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 into this whole like catholic thing except for the fact that you know uh the whole uh, gay marriage so i'm not okay i'm still catholic but i'm not okay with this it's like well guess what and then we complain it's like i can't believe like these people like catholic whatever blah, blah, blah. it's like guess what like pick pick your favorite sin yeah. and you're doing the same thing if you're not working uh, if you're not doing anything about it yeah. Yeah. uh so if you have a problem with vanity, if you have a problem with gluttony, if you have a problem with lust, like anything, yeah. give me give me any sin. Yeah. Uh, g- give me your most habitual sin that you are like choosing not to actually spend time working on it. And yeah. you're doing the same thing. Yeah. You're just doing it in a totally pharisaical way. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's a good point. And yeah. which is... The, if, we, if we think about it, it's, it's worse, right? In, yeah. in, in a way. Because... Uh, um, at least they know that they're picking and choosing, yeah. right? But we pretend yeah. like we don't. So if we truly want to change the world, we have to really, we have to really allow the Holy Spirit to transform yeah. us, right? Uh, so we have to spend some time allowing God. Like sometimes it's, uh, uh, and maybe this is, maybe I'm saying this because uh, clearly I'm so uh, biased right now uh, because I'm taking a, I'm taking a little bit of a step back, right? Um, just allowing God to just uh, say, you know what, uh, I need you, I need you to sit on the bench for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I need to work on uh, with you on on some things, and then you can continue to do whatever it is that you're doing, or or maybe something something else or whatever. Um, but you do have to. Uh, we, uh, speaking about the truth again, right? It's like you have to be truthful to yourself ultimately. Yeah. Uh, and the only way that you can that you can know where you're really standing is if you allow God to do it for you, right? Uh, so, um, catechism says that uh, Jesus, like Christ, reveals to man who man is. Yeah. Um, uh, so, that's a, a. I think we need to spend some time reflecting on on the humanity of Christ and then his uh, his divinity to understand our humanity and our call to you know to grow to his stature. And whenever, whenever we start comparing ourselves to him, then very quickly we're going to realize that we're oh, lacking. Yeah. Um, now, that doesn't mean that we necessarily stop doing what we're doing, uh, but, we also, but it at least should humble us, should humble us to realize that, um, that we have a lot to do. And going back to the beauty thing, you know, it's like because if we cannot present ourselves in a dignified way, right? If we cannot present ourselves in a way that people are going to see us and they're going to see beauty in us, uh, and then that allows them to then want to know the goodness in us so that they can hear the truth afterwards yeah. of, uh, of why we are the way yeah. that we are, then we're going to continue to make the same mistakes and we're going to continue to think that all I have to do is preach the truth or like quote unquote. And, but again, you can do that from a book. You can just yeah. like give, give, give somebody a book. 
you know, send them to a YouTube uh, a video or, <laughs> you know, get your box ministry because those are very comfortable. Like it completely takes accountability for uh, uh, from you. You know, yeah. it's like you, you, I don't have to do anything because somebody else is doing it. So here it is. Yeah. I'm going to take you to them. It's like, well, guess what? Like the crazy thing, the crazy thing about the, the, that kind of logic is that that's exactly what we should be doing with Christ. But we send them to other people instead of sending them to Christ uh, to be so in communion with Christ that whenever they see us, they see Christ and then they can have an encounter with Christ whenever they meet us. And I love that you brought up the beauty within us, radiating the beauty, because I was thinking of more exterior stuff, but that is just, I would say that's more important, the the interior. So I'm Definitely. glad that, yeah, more but important. It, but it's both. I understand that there are, there are a, a certain number of people that have, uh, that, uh, that have some medical conditions that uh, prevent them to, you know, to lose weight or something. Right? But the reality of it is that is the vast majority of people that are overweight, it's because of a personal choice. Uh, I mean, if you want to lose weight, you eat less and move more. It really is that simple. Uh, people are just like people are just not willing to go through that pain to go, you know, to lose the weight. And the funny thing is that you hear this from the secular world, but inside of the <laughs> yeah. church, we refuse to speak that truth, That's, right? Yeah. Uh, and so it, 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 really, it really is ironic because, again, there are certain sins that we have accepted in the church. Yeah. Uh, the other one is pride, right? Mm. Uh, we, you know, the, this whole, and maybe this is... This is uh, um, Gonna be more on uh, on our realm because I know that's the one that I struggle with yeah, the most. Yeah, me too. I, I definitely. Uh, yeah. You know, it's uh, it, it's uh, uh, this idea, and I think I talked to you about the uh, about this one time. It's like that even when you're right, you can still yeah. be wrong. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I remember when that hit me the first time when like God like really like opened my mind. It's like, hey, just be careful with this. Uh, when I when I realized that I could still be wrong even yeah. though that I was right. Uh, man, it, I went through a whole like sort of a, a, of an identity crisis, right? Yeah, <laughs> it was yeah, like, yeah. but 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 then if if if, if my knowledge is not uh, like at that point, I realized that the, that what I knew was not who I was, uh, and I think that's the that's the big that's a big problem that people yeah. with that, that struggle with pride have. Uh, you know, we find our value on what we know, mm. and th- and you can have mm-hmm. pride in other ways, right? Like, but in my it, in my particular way, it was through the intellect, right? Uh, through the knowledge that I was accumulating. Your huge brain, right? It's like, oh, my brain was so big that it's enough. <laughs> and it wasn't even that big, especially when once you start like seeing people with big brains, yeah. like uh, you know, like Scott Hahn and Jock Bersma, yeah. and you know, and and it's like, yeah. whoa, like what a humbling experience yeah. uh, that was for me. Um, but <laughs> you is, know, it's yeah. like whenever, whenever you like, you've uh, put your value in that, uh, once you realize that, you know, it's like, that doesn't even make you a good person. Uh, you can still be a horrible person yeah, and, and know, and know the truth. Uh, so a lot knowing, of smart, evil people. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, knowing the truth and leaving the truth are two completely different things. Uh, so, uh, it's, uh, um, going back to the, you know, I guess in pride, it's yeah. a little bit more of like the goodness uh, step, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but so uh, pick your sin and it's going to fall into one of those thru- uh, one of those three, right? Uh, either it's going to be a reflection of beauty, a reflection of goodness, or a, fre- or a reflection of truth. Um, so 
I guess the 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 way to live out our Christianity is if for all of those three to be present, uh, not just one of them. You know, because you can you can have mm-hmm. the truth, but if you don't have any goodness, and if you're like uh, like uh, if if there's ugliness in you, uh, then it's not going to matter, and and so on and so forth. You know, you can have a you you can you can have beauty and a lot of goodness, but if you're actually teaching uh, f- uh, falsehoods, then it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, so all those three things have to be present. And, and and we have to realize that all of our sins are going to fall into one of those. And as Christians, as, uh, as messengers of the good news, as disciples of Christ that are called to make disciples, we have to work on all three, not just the last one, which is the truth. The outside, too, of course, makes sense because we're, you know, we're material creatures, right? That's why God, the sacraments, he used, we can mm-hmm. see it, touch it, yeah, yeah. taste all that. And with the beauty, like, of course, you think of the 16th chapel, you think of a, a Picasso, you think of reading Hamlet, uh, Dante's Divine Comedy, um, Flannery O'Connor books, like all this different beauty and the the, the beautiful churches. And so I don't want to go on this ramp, but like when I see a new modern church, I'm like, why can't we do the beautiful architecture? Like, what's going on? Come on, people. But like that beauty, it's, I think there's more, there needs to be more. And I think there is a small resurgence. There's a there's a what is it? I don't know, a company or um, website or I don't think I'm doing it justice. But there's a thing that's going on. It's called um, Catholic Creatives that I discovered. And actually, Michael Gormley, I was listening to one of his podcasts, and he had the people on there. And it's these people do they'll they'll make shirts or ties and woodworking, and they'll do all this any almost almost anything you can think of in the creative art realm. Right, it's for artists, music, this and that, painters, and they get together and they're creating this thing. It's called uh, Catholic Creatives, and I love that because their philosophy is kind of that: is like let Catholics get back in. We have a monopoly on beauty, like Christ, God, truth itself is like the true, the good, the beautiful. So come on, let's wake up all the artists, the creatives, Catholic world. Let, let's put that in it. Like you said, we're talking about Disney. We're like, yeah, come on, like where's that? So yeah, we should be the best, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Tolkien. I mean, it's a uh, um, Tolkien, C.S. Lewis. Like uh, you know, yeah, you mentioned yeah. him a few times. All of the current atheist writers, like fantasy writers, they all take inspiration from them. And uh, and it's crazy, you know. It's like they inspired a whole generation. The Dark Majesty is uh, like an anti. Did you hear about that? Like it's written literally in per- like an anti uh, Narnia. A Game of Thrones. I mean, oh, yeah, uh, there you go. Uh, yeah. uh, J- George R. R. Martin. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's J. George R. George R. R. Martin. R. Yeah, uh, he's uh, you know he talks about being inspired by Tolkien yeah. and the Lord of the Rings. So uh, it, it's just it's just funny. You have this whole new generation of uh, of uh, anti-Christian, but uh, at least uh, anti-values, mm-hmm. anti-Christian values. Um, um, that were inspired by, mm-hmm. um, by by these men. It's like, and 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 my question is like, where are the where are the Catholics, yeah, the faithful yeah, Catholics exactly. uh, that uh, that should be inspired by these you know by these men that are looming like that that are we we tend to gravitate into the lame, uh, yeah. boring like stuff. Yeah, Fulton Sheen, ta- Venerable Fulton Sheen talks about this. Is like we give up stuff and people pick it up. It's like we're, mm-hmm. we we abandon things. It's like you're right, man. This, it, that, that's another whole topic, too. It can go on about beauty in our culture and, and Catholics doing more, definitely. We are not, in the end, masters and captains of our soul, that we require some other, an orientation to something right. greater, yes, something so on, on which we do depend. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And also, I think we have a particular crisis at the moment. I think we can see this in the universities with the so-called mental health crisis. And it's linked to this assumption that human beings should be happy. And if they're not, there's something wrong with them. And, and our, our ancestors uh, grew up with the tenet that life is extremely difficult and that the uh, path to happiness is, is extremely demanding. And also unbelievably unlikely, right? And you should be grateful when it comes along, but by no means expect it. And then they had a noble vision too on the Roman and the Greek and the Hebrew front, which was not so much hedonic happiness, which is very trivial. And Solzhenitsyn says, well, that disappears when you first hear the boots kicking down your door at three in the morning. It's like so much for happiness, that's gone. And then what do you have? And well, that was Frankel's question and Solzhenitsyn's question. And, and part of the answer to that is in the face of privation and terror and tragedy and malevolence, you have the great adventure of your life. And one of the things that I think is true is that you find that adventure in truth. And I think the adventure of the Hebrews, right? Like getting them to like, well, we don't want to go in the desert. We don't want to abandon what we've known, you know, like kind of what we talked about getting comfortable, right? Like you're kind of just, well, we're just kind of comfortable. We have food, you know, it's not so bad. Yeah, we're enslaved and yeah, we forgot the, the God of our fathers, but like, you know, we don't want to do the, the adventurous stuff. We don't want to do the thing even Moses was like, why I can't speak and you know, all this, like I, I'm not equipped, you know, to do this and God, you know, what is the famous, you know, God doesn't call the equipped, he equips the called, you know, something like mm -hmm. that. Another Francis quote. Man, we're just <laughs> quoting St. Francis left and right today. But this this thing about, I see it, and again, I want to make it clear, I'm not a stoic, I'm not a stoicism. I think there's a lot of good things from that, but I, I'm not going to pretend like I don't like suffering. I'm not going to say, I bear suffering. No, anything happens to me, I melt. I just, and it's so bad. I'm like, oh my God, like God's blessed me so much that I even feel guilty sometimes. Like, have you ever met people like that? Or I've heard other people recently said similar. I was like, wow, you too. It's like, I feel that guilt because like God's blessed me so much. And of course I go through sufferings and stuff, but like if I just met any little thing, like a schedule gets, I just melt. You know, like, oh, at work, you got to do this now. And I just like, oh, I can't do the world's ending. And I, I realize that about me and, and I acknowledge that I'm aware and I'm glad God made myself aware of that. Like if we're not happy or entertain 24 hours a day and if there's any sadness, then something is right. Take this pill. You know, I've, I remember one time I went to a doctor a while back and I was like, yeah, you know, I kind of feel like this and, you know, I feel like that's it right away. Shh, shh, here, let me write you prescription. I was like, whoa. And I was like, wait a minute. Shouldn't like I go maybe first a therapy or get evaluated like and he got offended like he got offended well i i'm a, a family physician and i and he got offended and i've also again recently i was just talking to someone uh last friday and they were telling me the same thing that they got out of surgery and they're kind of like describe how do you feel yes this and they're like i'm feeling kind of down but they didn't mean mentally they meant down like you know like my body and they're like oh right away trying to push pills and i'm not saying that um people there's no such thing as add i'm not one of those people or ocd and anxiety of course there is there is uh 
I feel, and I could be wrong, but I just feel like it's over-prescribed. Not that it doesn't exist. I'm not denying that at all. But I feel like in our culture, we're just write a pill. Oh, you have any bad feeling? Here's a pill. And some people need that. But how do you feel about that? Because I feel like, yeah, like we we think that as our human condition is to to uh, feel pleasure and avoid suffering. I'm like, I'm gonna try to make it. as simple as possible, okay? But if uh, you're going through any kind of pain, any kind of suffering, any kind of discomfort, uh, there is something wrong. I mean, uh, so, um, uh, because we are made to be joyful, to be happy all the time. Actually, that's... Uh, you know the, the beatific vision. You know one of the things that that we're gonna get in heaven is you know like uh, it's never-ending happiness, yeah. right? So we're yeah, actually yeah. made yeah. to be yeah. uh, to ultimately be uh, fulfilled, like to be completely happy, to never be down, to never be uh, sad, to never be you know in pain or any of these things. Um, so let, we have to make that very, very clear because then, because then we're gonna, uh, we're gonna, we can run into the, or um, uh, we run the risk of, um, of you know, just kind of uh, accepting pain for pain itself. Mm. You know, mm. it's all like you get comfortable with pain yeah. without actually, without actually having that pain yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, actually uh, work for our salvation, right? Okay. Okay. Uh, so we are, we're, we are made. We were created to be. Uh, uh, to be in perfect communion with God and to be uh, happy, to be joyful. Uh, uh, and ultimately, that's what heaven is. And the, uh, the Christian joyful, right? Because I want to make a distinction between like hedonic pleasure, like pleasure. Joy, it's a little different, right? That's what you're uh, yeah, talking yeah. about, Yeah, right? No, no, no. I, I, I'm not talking about pleasure. I'm talking about like uh, joy. actual happiness. Yeah. Okay. Joy. Happiness, yeah. Um, so... Uh, make it let's let's make that first mm-hmm. very very clear uh, second if we go through pain and god allows us to go through mm-hmm. pain to go through suffering uh, is because there is something wrong in us mm. and that pain that suffering is okay. gonna it's gonna uh, help us you know fix uh, whatever it is that's broken okay um, think about the ultimate the ultimate um uh, pain, right? The ultimate suffering that anybody has gone through was Christ on the cross, yeah. right? And he went through the, through it. The Father allowed the Son to go through the passion and to die for us so that through his resurrection, he could fix what was broken since original sin, Okay. So if God allows us to go to go through pain, to go through suffering, to to like, it's because He is fixing something. The problem is that we've been so adverse to 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 that that we instantly reject it, right? Instead of trying to see, it's like, okay, this is actually uh, helping me or allowing me to grow in holiness, and this uh, will will make me. Uh, yeah, get deeper in a deeper communion with God. Uh, think of it as as a headache, right? Uh, if if you have a headache, uh, the problem is not that your head hurts, uh, but that's just the symptom that's telling you is like you're either stressed, you're either like there might be something else wrong with you. Uh, so uh, typically we treat uh, the symptom, symptom and not, not the, the problem, right? Yeah. 
so this is why we take you know uh, uh, um, uh, pain uh, pain uh, killer or whatever. Um, but mm, what we need yeah. to do is actually look at what's actually what actually needs to be fixed. But the pain itself, it's telling us that there's something wrong. So if you're going through some kind of suffering, don't don't see it as like don't victimize yourself. Okay. It's like yeah. you need to you need to say it's like okay, I'm going through this pain. It's like but it, through this pain, God is is showing me that there's something that I need to be working on, and as long as I'm offering it up, mm. you know, if the very least I do. Is offer up that suffering for, for it could be for your own salvation. It could be, you know, like to merit grace for yourself, right? If you're already in sanctifying grace, or you can offer it up for somebody else, which is a, a um, so in, in essence, it's meriting grace for somebody else. Uh, um, then that suffering has meaning, and you're not actually just accepting suffering for suffering itself or pain for pain itself. That we Christians, we accept Glorify it as a, too much, yeah. yeah, like, uh, I was like, oh, they're just, it's sort of like we're masochists, right? Okay, it's like, I'm glad you said that, because one time I, I on the on the podcast, I said the other word, which I, I get that word and the other word confused, and I said the other one, and I was like, oh, I'm so embarrassed. I said the other word, that it's it's pain, but it's, it has to do with like sexual, and I was like, oh my goodness, I can't believe I said that. Masochist, I'm glad, okay. I so, think that's, So we yeah. don't take pleasure in pain. Yeah. Uh, uh, but we could, if we don't do it properly, we might just be, uh, we just might be accepting the pain for pain itself. And that's not, and that's not edifying. Just for its own sake. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad you said that because I think I struggle with that. I de- and then of course there's that whole Catholic guilt thing, right? That Catholic suffering, you know, and all this suffering and we can glorify it too much. I know I do. So I'm so glad that you said that because I honestly thought you were going to go the other way. I thought you were, <laughs> I honestly thought that you were going to go like the other way where I was like, like, yeah, yeah, suffer. And for you to go the opposite or to say, no, there's something wrong and God wants us to be joyful and happy. I don't, I don't hear that a lot. And so I, every now and then, of course, I've heard that and, and read some, some fathers or, or, or some books or I don't know if it was, uh, Joseph Pieper or someone I know I've heard every now and then, but like I overall, it's not a big thing. So I'm very glad that you brought that up because I think we tend to glorify it just for the sake of it. And so that's good if people like, well, maybe I don't need to feel like this. Maybe God does want me to find happiness. Definitely. And joy. Definitely. I mean, uh, even the martyrs die, uh, uh, die joyful deaths. Uh, I mean, think about uh, St. Stephen, right? Uh, yeah. When he was being stoned, he was seeing the, the you know the heavens opened, uh, you know, and the Son of God sitting at the right hand of the Father. I mean, like this is this is a, a moment of pure ecstasy in the moment of his death. Uh, so, it, like, just because we're going through suffering, that doesn't mean that we we cannot attain the highest uh, the highest levels of joy uh, of joyfulness. Now, that, does, that doesn't mean that we're not gonna feel sad. If we're sad, then there's you know that's a different kind of pain, right? Because sadness is a it's a feeling, uh, feelings are immoral um, so feelings are amoral so then that what that means is that yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, you know if you feel sad it's not because you're a bad person or because you're a good person it just means that there's some kind of sign uh, there it's like there's a reason why you're sad so look into it you know yeah no that's important that you said that i like that because again it's not they're not good or bad you know per se it's like there's not one emotion or feeling that oh that's bad 
or oh that's good anger is good in the right circumstance sexual desire is good in the right circumstance so that's a very good point that you said okay now we're going to go into our last clip this is god talking put off thy shoes from off thy feet for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground Again, I'm reminded of the fact that this is likely something like a call to humility. I was looking at the Sermon on the Mount the other day, and Christ says in the Sermon on the Mount that those who are poor in spirit are blessed. There's many people who are blessed, but the poor in spirit are blessed. And the question is, what does that mean? And it means something like those who have been brought low enough to be humble enough to be ready to receive. And I think that's what's being echoed here is that that's part of the reflection of that's Moses' nakedness. That's the best nakedness. explanation I ever heard. Well, thank you. Thank you. It took me only 40 years to think about <laughs> that. That really helps. Because hmm. I've never thought, oh, the, the poor are so special. They're yeah, wonderful no, the po poor no, and lousy a, poor. No, and... it's definitely a <laughs> reference to pride. Oh. The poor in spirit are not prideful and narcissistic. I look in Bible Hub, which is a great site. Right. You can see I, 50 I, translations simultaneously. Right. Yes. And so you get the full connotation of the phrase. <laughs> and if you look at all the different translations, you can see that it's definitely it's definitely a call to this, this particular kind of humility. And so if you're friends with what you know, you try to prove your point all the time. And I'll fall prey to that from time to time. But once you realize the depths of your ignorance and you think, well, what I don't know is inexhaustible and my troubles are inexhaustible. So I better have an inexhaustible source to call on. And I can certainly call on the inexhaustibility of my own ignorance. And that's such and it's, it reverses everything because all of a sudden the fact that you don't know is actually your greatest hope because there's always the possibility that if you lowered yourself, Jung said, modern men do not see God because they do not look low enough. It's so brilliant. Line. And so this is definitely an injunction there. Is that yeah. So I thought that's a good last clip that we played is because it feeds into humility and the poor in spirit. That's huge because I think we talked on off the, the podcast we talked about how people could make idols of social justice or causes or even make idols of the poor, which is like uh, kind of like what, what liberation theology is kind of right. Like, well, they're poor. They're special. They don't you don't need to evangelize them. There's no need. They're poor. Right. There's, there's no need to evangelize them. But it's like there's bad. There's bad or moral poor people, immoral poor people, rich, but poor in spirit right? That bringing yourself low. And I remember <laughs> a little humility. It's like, I remember when I started this, I was like, okay, it's going to be like the apologetics. I'm going to do apologetics and, and I'm going to talk about this. And it's going to be like high theology and philosophy. And then you, you talk to people like we've had them on the show, like twice, like Pat Flynn, the uh, worst word on fire and Catholic answers. You have Trent Horn coming up and Michael Gormley, the great Michael Gormley, and all these different people. And I'm like, I can't hang with them. those guys are like, I'm just like, uh, I was like, you know what? Maybe I'm not the the most apologetic or theological, philosophical, even though I love that stuff and I read all those guys, it's not the same thing. You know, it's like me watching baseball, but you don't want me to, you don't want to put me in, right? In the fourth quarter, you don't want to put me in. But I was like, you know what? Okay, maybe I can't, I need to humble myself. And maybe I can't do exactly that, but what I could do is I could fit in my lane. Like I can do that, but in my lane, maybe go from a different way. 
and bring myself down. It's like, cause I don't know everything. And I think even the, some of those guys definitely would say the same thing. It's like Trent Horn, even how great he is, he would even probably say, yeah, I'm still learning and we're never going to stop learning. So I love that this was the last little clip is like poor spirit. Talk about that. Like the, the sermon on the Mount, talk about that. Well, that's a, <laughs> that's a, I guess, a, I, I love saying Bernard of, uh, of Clairvaux. Yeah. Uh, he's, uh, he's, he's the only saint that I've had a true devotion mm. to. Uh, and I actually started having the, the devotion uh, to him because of this, uh, because of my pride. Um, and he he has a he has a treaty on um, I believe it's called the steps uh, the steps to humility mm-hmm. or, or yeah. something. I just read that you recommended that book. It's really good. And uh, and the 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 funny thing about about his his steps uh, to growing humility or to yeah. humility or something like that. The opposite. Uh, it's yeah. it starts with ten steps to mm-hmm. get out of arrogance. Uh, and I remember when I started uh, when I started reading it, I was like, "Oh my goodness!" I, like all ten of these, like I have them. <laughs> yeah. um, so uh, uh, it's uh, uh, it's it's <sighs> humility is one of those things where like it's like how can you even accept that you're humble? Uh, like, does that make you not be humble? <laughs> That's your fate. I, I look how humble I am, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> look at me. The most humble uh, is, yeah. <laughs> but then uh, you hear definitions like, you know, humility yeah. is uh, living in the truth of who you are in the eyes of God, mm. right? Like oh, living in the yeah, truth yeah. Of, yeah. of who you are in the in, in the eyes of God. Um, so then at that point, then you're forced to... to to admit that you are that you have certain gifts, but then you start to admit them, like not because the gifts are, are yours, uh, like that that you they came out of you, right? Like you did not create those gifts yourself. Uh, they're gifts in themselves because they were given to you. And then, yeah. uh, and I think one of the big things is that you start to recognize that it's like, hey, all these talents that I have, all these skills that I have, all these things, is because God gave yeah. them to me. God allowed me to be able to develop these skills and stuff like that or whatever. Uh, uh, but still, like, I, uh, and I don't know if I mentioned to you this before or not, uh, but the the instinct, because I've lived with this for so many years, like most of my life, uh, that the instinct, whenever something happens, is like it's my response is like super arrogant in my head. Uh, so like the way that I've uh, um, that I've trained myself to it's to be able to recognize right away it's like well this is me you know the, yeah. this arrogance is coming from me and then I just do the opposite. Uh, so this is this is why I understood I, I understood what what Saint Bernard was trying to say. So like you know because at some point he says it's like. I know you asked me to write this treaty, you know, uh, to grow in humility, but I, yeah, but I, I am only that. writing about what I know, and what, yeah. what I know is arrogance, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like I, 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 I get it now. I get it, you know. It's like because uh, whenever I'm in a situation, like any kind of situation, then you know, I know that my instinct is to be arrogant. Uh, so that's my humanness is it, it's coming out, or like you know that that, that vice that I that, that I developed throughout the years. That's the first thing that comes out. Uh, but then, so if there's any kind of uh, humility that anybody can see in me, uh, or if they, anybody sees any kind of humility in me, uh, it's definitely not coming from me. I can tell you that much. Yeah. And practically, uh, what do you do? Like you said, that's an instinct, right? Just, so you said, boom, that's an instinct. So I what, when do, you recognize I, that? 
I started, so first I started listening to a lot of people. So mm-hmm. especially my wife, you know, because she would mm-hmm. be like, hmm, you know, then she started calling things out. That's and hard. then I, I started to pay more attention to what, how people responded to what yeah. I was saying okay. or okay. what I was doing. And then I started recognizing, you know, the signs of arrogance in me. Uh, and then uh, as soon as, uh, and it, I was very quick to say stuff i was i was very quick to do things uh so then i i i started uh uh, just developing patience and just you know just waiting you know it's like sometimes it's it's a second and sometimes it's 10 seconds sometimes it's a whole minute of just like sitting there and just saying like you know just thinking about it just uh, seeing how things played out in my head and stuff like that. And then it's like, okay, no, this is definitely my arrogance. And then I do the opposite. Uh, so, uh, um, and it's been, I've been working on it uh, for years. Uh, and I've only gotten as far as being able to stop myself uh, by recognizing it. Um, and then, you know, I would say, you know, sometimes, you know, I... I I respond. I respond with it uh, because I don't catch it uh, as fast as I should, or sometimes I catch it, but then I'm like, you know, so in in like so in the moment in like whether it's like anger or, or impatience or whatever uh, that I knowing knowing that I'm about to respond in arrogance, I still do it, uh, which is the which is a, a, a like a heavy blow afterwards. It's like a you know, it's like going out drinking and yeah, then like yeah, getting yeah. like, you know, getting trashed and then the Why following yeah. day having a hangover, uh, like those up, kinds yeah. of those kinds of moments. Um, uh, I never really had a, a problem with alcohol, but I've had been hangover three times. So I do know what a hungover is. <laughs> I can imagine you when you said that, like you're like you imagine you like drinking heavily, you drank too much vodka or something. Like, let me tell you what uh, Aquinas would say. Not even no, that like, was from that was from like my my past life. <laughs> yeah, uh, Alistair McIntyre would say that. <laughs> yeah, but I will tell you that the the spiritual hung uh, you know hungover uh, that I've had in those moments have been worse than actually waking up and having a horrible headache. Yes, uh, I like so, that spiritual. I never I never heard anyone put it into words but i i felt i yeah i've had the i had many spiritual hangovers where the next day you're not hung over uh, literally but physically you're like why did i do why was i acting like that why yeah like I, i've never heard anyone put it the way you did but yeah that's a and uh, a good examination of conscience like every every night it's yeah. it's good uh, also you know like you know just thinking uh, like every single moment of your day, right? It's like, mm-hmm. how, like, why did I wake up late? You know, it's like, why did I like shut off my alarm like three times instead of like just yeah. getting up? And it's like, you know, why, why this, why that? Why did I talk to this person the mm-hmm. way that I did? It's like, why didn't I just like smile at them? Why didn't I like do like? A, and you go through this whole thing, and and I will tell you that in the beginning, for you know, for a few years, it was all like because well, because they were being mean, because mm-hmm. they talked to me like this, because they they don't know what they're talking about and mm-hmm. and you excuse yourself uh, you know into like you know convincing yourself that what you did was the right thing uh, but then eventually if uh, you know in, in my case my wife was uh, was able to say it's like hey you know uh, you keep getting the same response from people. Mm. It's like, maybe you're the one that's wrong. And wow, it was yeah. like, first it was like, how dare you? Yeah. Uh, but then it was like, you know what? Uh, maybe there's something there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so then you go into a different kind of exploration. And then at some point you just, you, 
uh, in my case, I, I came face to face with my sinfulness and, um, and it was horrible. And, uh, I, and what I saw is something that I don't want to see again. I, if, mm. if that makes any sense not that yeah. and i'm not saying that i had a vision or anything like that i'm just saying it's like i i i came i came to recognize High how awful yeah. my arrogance was mm. and uh, and it broke me and it broke me for months that i did not want to have i, I did not want to i did not want to be that person anymore mm. Uh, so I rather go through the pain of having to like stop myself, catch myself, like be hypercritical mm. of everything that mm -hmm. I do, uh, you know, second guess myself, like all these things, um, and uh, it, instead of seeing what I saw mm. again. Wow, yeah. that's wow. That's a, I'll say this like this is our first time being on the podcast and I'm, I'm glad you came, but I thought this was wonderful. Like this was, this was fun. This was amazing. This was insightful practicality. Like I really enjoyed this. This was really good. And this is again from Jordan Peterson's new series, Exodus, which is like a 12 parter. And each episode is like over two hours long. And so I just took a little clips. I think total, if you clipped it out, it's like 10 or 12 minutes, something like that. So this is, just a few minutes out of over two hours so i would highly recommend people it is through the the paid subscription to get it but there's a little taste something to wet your whistle so if you like that imagine another two and a half hours of that so i don't know maybe we could do more episodes like this but this was for episode one thank you guys for joining us mauricio it's been a pleasure um can you sign us off tell us any anything you want to say i don't know if you want to, you have the facebook instagram what's your instagram like all that the <laughs> ig TikTok. i don't know but uh sign us off what, what do you want to say not yet it's in the it's in the works uh but TikTok i am or instagram uh youtube both okay okay uh, i was gonna so, say so but uh, what i tell you is that uh, having just spoken about arrogance and pride and being my biggest struggle uh, I am not only second guessing me, but triple guessing me, quadrupling guessing me, and then uh, uh, so I want to make sure that if I'm gonna do something like that, I'm that I'm doing it for the right reasons. Yeah. But uh, I, I, but I've been still doing all the the ground. I've been laying the groundwork. Um, so uh, to the point where I have frameworks and I have like you know topics, I have presentations, awesome. uh, parts of presentations done, and everything. Um, I just uh, I just want to make sure that I'm not doing it for um, uh, you know for self glory yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah, um, no, it's a struggle. Yeah. All right. Again, thank you guys for listening, everybody. Um, Spotify, Apple. Anywhere, most of the places where you can get the, the podcasts are, we're on there. Please, if you give us a five-star review, share us with your friend. That would really, really help us out. Um, that's been Mauricio. I'm Roger. God love you. <laughs>